And we're back! Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we discuss all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. We discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is why we are here for you. It is our hope and our goal that through these discussions, people will be inspired to talk about issues that Christians go through in their daily walk with God. So without further ado, let's get to our discussion. What's going on, people? Uh, this is your boy, Mark. <laughs> you gotta say, what's the one, bro? <laughs> we were watching Moonlight, Moon Knight. And then, have you watched it? Yeah, we just finished the third I think, um, I think it was the second episode when he just goes, Wagwa. Wagwa. <laughs> I was like, why you did not just say that? Um <laughs> Yeah, so I am Mark, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Yes, I'm lovely again. Um, So we are doing a remote recording because my house is a mess. (laughs) (laughs) So we can't have anyone over. This is like a clean space right now, like a cube of clean space. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll be in person next time. Uh, so recording today in this episode, we will be talking about a Barna article. I guess this is also a Table Talks episode. Um, mm. That deals with how Christians see spirituality as being, is it private or is it in a community? Um, Which is also um, timely because our last episode was, we also kind of delved into, you know, people thriving in communities and without a community or a, a godly community, you know, people suffer. And you don't grow as much. So um, we're going to be talking about the article that's released by Barna. And we're going to give you a brief summary about it. And we're going to be talking about it. Um, And so this is our Table Talks episode. Table Talks. So once in a while, I like to go and read Barna. (laughs) I kind of like I kind of like stats and I kind of like to see where people are at and uh, surveys I like you know I like statistics and I like how Barna does it and they just explain in plain language um, this this is what or this is this is what uh, these statistics may mean Uh, so uh, as I was perusing through the the website, I was, you know, I um, I was intrigued by this this uh, this article. So it's it's a it has a long title, but basically, it says that fifty six fifty six percent of Christians view that their spiritual lives uh, are entirely private. So, that's the title. <laughs> uh, it's not I guess, the shortest of titles. I, not, I guess they hook you with some not, statistics. 
<laughs> not quite the catchy motive of it. Yeah, they just they just uh, they just want to hook you with some uh, a little bit of spectacular statistics. Yeah. Um, so uh, the summary of this article uh, is that so it explains the data that was gained by Barna study called Growing Together. Um, you can uh, purchase it through the Barna site, and hopefully they. <laughs> This, they sponsor Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. Uh, so Hashtag it says uh, it's from the study called Growing Together. And basically what it says is that 56% of Christian adults feel that their spiritual lives are, keyword, entirely private. <laughs> not just sort of private, but entirely private. Uh, there is an interesting, so the, the article further states that uh, there's an interesting generational difference to note between older and younger Christians. So boomers, it says, um, are the generation that is least likely to be a part of discipleship community and are also the generation most likely to believe their spiritual life is entirely private so 63 percent of boom baby boomers believe uh that their spiritual life is entirely private but also um they're also less least likely to be part of any discipleship community uh gen z on the other hand um and because we're in canada we're gonna call it gen Z. um that's weird. That sounds weird. Let's just call it Gen Z. Come on, man. Um, We're Canadian. We, we say it that way. Don't Gen deny Gen your Don't deny your uh, You want to confuse people? Gen Z. Um, Gen Z. So, I was like, Gen so, Z. Gen Sing. Um, Gen Z. <laughs> it says that the article, they are more than twice as likely as boomers to be part of discipleship community and are the least likely generation to believe their spiritual life is private. So, and then they break down some, the, so with this statement, friends should challenge each other to grow. They break down the numbers of each generation in terms of if they believe that statement. So friends should challenge each other to grow. There's only 23% of boomers that, believe that statement or agree with that statement so less than a four a quarter um gen x 33 percent believe that friends should challenge each other to grow millennials uh trending upward 42 percent i agree that friends should challenge each other to grow and but the highest is gen z uh, agreeing that friends should challenge each other to grow so that's pretty much what the article states. So to sum it even further, baby boomers want to keep their spiritual lives private while more Gen Z want to be a part of a community that challenges their faith. Um, so I'm trusting that you read the article. <laughs> <laughs> um so what stood out to you in this article? 
Um, not so much what stood out to me, but it starts to make sense how our evangelistic sort of methods reflect those notions. In the ah. sense that if, if, if boomers are saying, Hey, my stuff, like my faith is private. You know, Jesus tells me, or the Bible tells me that I've got to work out my own faith. Right. Um, so a lot work of out your own be, salvation. <laughs> yeah. Work out your own salvation. It makes sense that you have, you know, pop up tent revivals, right? Where a lot of the, a lot of the engagement is preaching in the preaching of the word. Um, sort of, you know, um, Bible study type, um, information that's being put out. And then by the end of all of that, three weeks of just information, if you are convinced of it is that it is, make a public showing so that everybody knows, you know, you've worked that all out. As opposed to, you know, you go down sort of the generations, now it's a lot more small groups. Right. Um more interaction, more, you know, one to one discipleship, mentorship, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I think that's probably what stood out in the sense that, yeah, it starts to make sense of how we go about, you know, our, our, our evangelistic methods, but also, you know, how we grow because, you know, uh, uh, we grew up in a church and we grew up in a time where a lot of it and still do a lot of it is very much information based. Mm. Now, what are you going to give? Basically what happens at the end of the sermon is what are you going to do with the information that's given to you? And so mm. that's very much a, an in sort of inside struggle with how things fit in your, your world paradigm, the way that you see the world. And yet the more we go down to the generations, a lot more of it is, Hey, we've got to do things together. Let's study together. Mm -hmm. Let's go out together. Let's live together. Let's live life, you know, walking with each other. Mm. Right. And that's how it goes. So yeah, that, that, that seems, that sounds about right. Basically, <laughs> that sounds about that sounds about right. That's, that that's tracks. the appropriate answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like just to add to what you're saying, it's not just our evangelistic, you know, efforts, right? It's also um, the way that we do worship. Whereas, you know, adults, and I don't want to rag on adults, and because there are people who. It's only a percentage, right? Like there's a majority, this is a majority, and uh, there is that percentage of adults who want these friend friendship relationships and are for small groups. Um, but we're saying like it also reflects like the way that, that we do worship um, or adults do worship or uh, past generations have done worship is that it's more formal it's more not formal i'm not i'm not saying formal is bad but it's more reserved and it's structured 
and it kind of it's like there's less personal sharing so the way that liturgy goes is that there's participants at the front and we're just watching we not watching but our participation doesn't encourage us from sharing the deepest struggles that we have so participation is relegated to singing a song um, that's done in song service or listening to special music or saying amen after you know intercessory prayer or singing your you know the responses but uh, in terms of sharing our spiritual lives and our spiritual struggle um it's more closed off right whereas the gen z um although they seem you know from from my experience of dealing with gen z they they somehow i'm still intimidated by them because it, it's kind of like I, I still see it as a challenge to get into a conversation of what they're interested in in uh or the, mm. the topics that they they might want to talk about uh i i'm i'm intimidated because i don't know these things who's who's cardi b who's <laughs> to get you six nine right um so, so um so all these you know the things that they're interested in it's like it's a challenge for me to get into a conversation because sometimes, you know, they might be viewed as closed off while, you know, the statistics show here that they're, you know, the most likely generation to open up and be open about their faith. Um, yeah. And I think like what stood out to me is that, you know, that, that word entirely private, um, it's like, so 56% of Christian adults feel that, no one else has any business prying into someone's spiritual life, which is kind of shocking. But as you said, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, the other, the other, the other sort of angle that I was looking at this as because of its entire, entirely private. And it's almost, I mean, Going according to the title, 56, that's almost split down the middle. That's kind of, that's kind of near the ratio of extroverts to introverts. And so from, as an introvert, <laughs> You're saying. I, I, as an introvert, yeah, I, I, I resonate <laughs> with that to, to a certain degree. Right. Um, yeah. and then as, as a Christian leader, as a pastor, yeah, that, that much more. Uh, if I, I, I feel that from my, like from my standpoint, which is kind of sad at the same time. Right. Um, but yeah, as an introvert, because we want to like, sort of like internalize things, it's just like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm working things out in my brain. That's where I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And I will, and I will share with you through a podcast <laughs> or my sermon <laughs> where uh what i figured out mm. right and so we're basically all the only extrovert here is billy like even That's when true. you know this the the people that started with us let's say arwen and uh jed they're, 
they're both introverts Ex- and you're an introvert and <laughs> I'm an introvert. So introvert. The only <laughs> the only extrovert is Billy. Maybe we should have saved this until he came back to do this podcast with us. <laughs> no. Or we'll just put an insert no. after the end of it like, just get him. There's also, you know, just, I don't think, like, but I don't think, um, I don't know if that directly deals with it uh, or like it's because someone's an introvert or an extrovert. Um, someone can be an extrovert and be closed off with their spiritual life. Just sure. because that's that's the way that they're they've been taught their whole life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it I think it matters how the church has perpetuated the message of what a spiritual like what a spiritual community truly is. Is it just um, a bunch of closed in, closed off individuals singing together, listening to? a charismatic pastor and then not doing anything about you know your faith the rest of the week or is it more about you know small group or living life together if and if the church doesn't have a small group do you have a a community of friends uh where you can you know share your faith with um yeah and just going back to like the whole introvert extrovert thing just like as just as extroverts might be a little bit more guarded and more private in their spiritual life in their spiritual walk at the same time introverts that do internalize things maybe some of the things that they internalize is that yes we are part of a community and a part of the growth and part of my contribution to the church is that i've got to share certain aspects of my life and my journey uh, with others and have them help me because that's part of the process. Uh, and so it kind of balances out. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to put that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's there as well. And yet, uh, as the other sort of like another angle, I would think, um, oh, I lost it. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think we can go about this in so many ways, right? But um, because I noticed that you know, growing up, let's say there's some sort of a sense of secrecy or like being private in a church setting um, where people don't share their struggles, right? Or people don't share what they're going through. And I think like, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm generally, um, I want to word this correctly, but, I want to find the right word, but I'm generally annoyed at when it comes to <laughs> that's that's still not that not a not a good word, but this Continue is one of the things <laughs> I'm generally annoyed at with churches is that they put up they put put up a face that everything is okay, right? And you know. 
dress your Sabbath best or um, put on your, oh, you know, like put on a brave face when you're going to church and just say it's okay. Like everything's okay. Like, hey, brother, how are you? I'm good. God is good. But then like <laughs> little did you know that they're going through something or they're, yeah. you know, mar- they're having marital problems or uh, little did you know that they're they're having health problems um and it's and then like and then they're annoyed when people kind of like ask others about them when you know people are kind of sensing that something's up right and then that breeds it's it's like a okay so it's it's like a cycle of you know gossip and rumors um because people tend to kind of like want to want to want to guess or what's happening in someone's life. Um, so I think like that's one of the things that I'm greatly annoyed with in church when there is like this, this spirit of secrecy and not being a hundred percent. Um, honest with where you're at and i do get it i do get it that you know people may have been burned before um and people may have been hurt uh with the with the when they when they decided to be vulnerable and that may have been used against them later on Uh, i get it and I understand, but it's just like a, it's a vicious cycle of, um, not being honest, honest where you are. And then, you know, the spirit of gossip and just like all these things in, that are happening in church. It's a, um, I, I think I heard a quote once where, you know, being open and honest and having a spirit of openness in church uh, just breeds a spirit of grace, whereas being closed off and being secretive in church breeds a spirit of gossip or judgmentalism. Because because when you're out there and when you're when you're open with where you are, and a church encourages such attitude and such spirit like people will tend to be you know open to and people will tend to be more encouraging and see that you know everyone has a problem and everyone needs help and everyone needs to be guided along the way and like no one's perfect whereas if we if we put up a spirit of secrecy and you know everything's okay and everyone everything is perfect and everyone is perfect you know the moment that people smell that something's up then they start gossiping and then they start being judgmental because that's the spirit that the church encourages it's like everything's perfect and then you know someone makes a mistake and they're not perfect anymore while everyone else is perfect and everyone else can judge that person because you know we're all just hiding our innermost struggles from one another so and i think that's like one of the things i struggle with uh in church life is just everyone's 
everyone's not open. Not everyone's open, and not everyone is, you know, they're they're closed off. When you know James does encourage, you know, if you're sick, go tell the elders because, you know, a prayer of a righteous man is powerful. Yeah, avails much. Yeah. Yeah, and I think <laughs> when you hear test when when churches call for hey, it's testimony time. Right. I think the majority of testimonies usually has to do with health. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, th- I think in some churches you'll get it's it's a little bit more um, acceptable if you talk about money struggles and stuff. Or but, getting a job. You know, maybe. Yeah. Like getting a job or not being able to pay the bills or, or whatever. And so, hey, you know, I prayed about it and God. You know, and and then a week later, you know, I got this mysterious envelope in the mail and there's like five hundred dollars is just <laughs> enough to pay my bills, right? It's you know, that's that's acceptable. Um and Or you, you know, uh or you uh decided to quit because your work is on the Sabbath and couldn't find a job yeah, for the oh, longest yeah. <laughs> time and God yeah. provided. Yeah. And so and, and that's I think part of the you know, with testimony, um and and the stories that we that we preach upon, I I do understand. Like obviously, you want to elevate elevate the life that you have, like elevate people's lives when they are changed by God, and how much God is working in their life, with the expressed intent to show people to encourage people that. That choosing God and choosing to, to believe in him and have faith in him, there are benefits to it, not only in the next life, but in this life as well. And I don't think we talk very much about the times where it's, it's, uh, when God says maybe and he got, and God says wait. We don't tend to highlight those stories as much, right? Because I think that if we don't, if we don't, if we don't have victory in whatever it is that we're going through and we, and we tell the story uh, of what we're doing, it's almost like uh, maybe either one, you're not, you're not towing the company line as it were. And number <laughs> two, and then number two, that judgment of, Hey, maybe your faith isn't good enough. Your faith three, is you, not enough. And maybe in three, you don't want to hear somebody tell you, you need to have more faith. Like it's just, <laughs> there's, there's something to be said about, about telling other people what you're struggling with and them just not wanting to, to deal with it because they can't. Either they can't or they won't or they're, like you said, they'll take in, they'll, they'll gossip. Maybe that's the cynicism in me. I know we talked about this, the last, the last, the last. Uh, episode, right? But I, I feel that there's, there's that element in us and it would be great if we would be able, all of us to be able to bear one another's burdens as the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think also we've created, we've created this, this environment. We've created our church environment and, and for good reason. That as a Christian, your life, your life is a victorious one. 
right? And mm. it is. But often we, we interpret that those, those victories or that victorious life and we interpret it as, Hey, my faith is strong. Um, God takes care of me. He provides for my needs. I get a check randomly out of nowhere for $500 so I can pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. My health is the, I am the paragon of health. Um, and when I'm not, God miraculously touches me and I'm healed. Right. <laughs> and I think, and I think there's, and as, as wrong as that, that sounds like to have that thought, I think that's a thing for people. I know it is for me at times. Right. And the, I, and I remember what the other sort of like thing that I wanted to talk about. The other angle is for church leaders, deacons, elders, pastors, reverends, you know, uh, the clergy. We are seen to have a strong faith and we can't struggle. Mm. We can't have failing. We definitely can't have failing, right? Certain failings, because if not, that's it. You, Pastors you're are done perfect, for. man. Pastors there are, are perfect. letters going to be written. <laughs> there you need there to are be complaints tra- to be made. There are cops to be called, right? Mm. There is no way... Like, and it's because the Bible tells us and, and correctly so that, that leaders are held at a different standard. I think especially for those, like the people that are supposed to, uh, emulate that the most, there's a barrier there. That should we, should we bear our struggles and sins and whatever it is that we're dealing with? Right. Um, our livelihood could be in danger. Our, <laughs> our legal exposure could be greatly widened. Um, and there is this, yeah, there's this fear that, that you're gonna, that whatever it is, that you're, you're just not a good, you know, you're just, you're just not a fit for our church. Dang. You know, our, our, our community has, our church community has decided we want to go in a different direction. Hmm. Uh, and so as much as, yes, it would, it would be, I think the cynicism, the cynic in me says that there are people that are hurt and they, you know, they, they'll take it out on other people, on, especially on, on leaders. And so. Yeah, that's why. So, any other? So maybe we keep it private. Maybe so, we keep it private because we don't want to share sort of like the deeper aspects of us that that will that will get canceled over. Mm. Right. So what you're saying? Situation to be in. <laughs> so what you're saying is that we shouldn't have testimonies. because it promotes the wrong message of i'm victorious and you guys who haven't seen victory are not having enough faith (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. That and that, in, that in, and and maybe it's just you don't want to tell anybody what you're going through because we don't want people up in our business, right? We just we don't have the emotional energy to deal with people and explaining what's going on. Maybe we just we just we just have enough strength just not to break down, mm-hmm. to hold ourselves at the seam of our pants because if it's not, things are just gonna fly apart. Not our, not our wardrobe, but like just us in general, yeah. like our emotions all just going to fly apart and we're going to break down yeah. and then everybody's going to talk about it. Then we have to explain more, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have to give an excuse of why we're not victorious in Christ. <laughs> Man, it's just, you see, I, I'm going through all, also this journey with the, the idea of testimonies because... I don't want to be, you know, like I'm struggling. Whereas, you know, I want to share, I want people to be able to share their victories, but at the same time, you know, be sensitive to those who have not experienced them yet. Like what's going to happen if, you know, a, a couple are like, oh, we've been waiting for a child for so long. And God has, you know, like because of our faith in God or because, you know, we prayed so much and now God has given us a child. And then there's another couple who have prayed even more or have have been waiting even longer. Like, you know, that 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 is a, a very dangerous territory like for someone's like you know emotional spiritual and mental health to yeah. to hear that oh god heard their prayer and not mine hmm. um so yeah it's just like tangent definitely tangent that you know i've i've also been rethinking you know the idea of testimonies and like is there a good way of doing it or was a good uh, and yeah i don't know so I mean I understand yeah I I get it I, I mean it starts off with with a good notion like uh, like it sounds safe it sounds good you give your testimony of the victories that you have because you want to encourage people that God works in our lives that you too can have victory that you too can you know be blessed and stuff um and so obviously there are there are great intentions with it. But there are also side effects that happen when, you know, somebody that is going through something similar or something that you can adjunct to, if that's the right word. And it doesn't happen for them. And that's yeah. that struggle. And, you know, what do you do with that? Yeah. And I guess like framing, framing goes a long way, right? And like having disclaimer is like, this person might, you know, the testimonies that we're about to hear um, are personal testimonies, but don't view them as, you know, the general way that God deals with everyone. Like God has his own plan for your life or, or something like that. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you go in, if you do decide to go into testimonies, you know, frame it and, it doesn't make that, you know, the, the, those disclaimers and um, ca- 
have yet. I guess. Yeah. That I, I, um. I, yeah. Not everyone's think, journey is the same. Yeah, and I think that you know, just as an aside, like really random thing. But if <laughs> you have just tangent, but if you have a testimony that that has taken decades, right? Like, and at the end of like you know twelve. Like a, an issue of blood for twelve years, or you've got like twenty years of like not, you know, your, you know, your 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 spouse has not, you know, come to Christ, and they're like whatever, and and finally they've come to. I think over years and decades, you know, that that tends to be a lot more safe because, you know, you're in somebody that's listening to it. They could be in their pain, and then like, oh yeah, I'm only in year two, right? <laughs> and so like. <laughs> If they could have it after okay. twenty years, then yeah, okay. You know, maybe it takes. So I think I think for that as a really random thought, that you know, time, long time period of time for testimonies, that tends to be uh, a little bit more accepted, well accepted, and stuff. Just because you know, people that are are, are struggling, that it's in pain. Maybe they don't want to hear, oh man, it's going to take me 20 years to get over this. Maybe they don't <laughs> want to hear this, but it's a whole lot better than, oh, how come they, God answered their prayers and not mine? whole lot better than that, I mm-hmm. would think. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think we're, 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 we're looking at this, like we've got, like I've gone to this, to the one aspect of it is that, A, our church has to know the struggles that we have, but, you know, the things that we've, we've always, that we've talked about a lot in this podcast is mentorship, discipleship. Right. And I think that that is probably the answer to some to stuff like this. Right. Um, especially if you are introverted, if you are, if you are more closed off and more guarded in your spiritual life and you, and you, and you have trust issues and you're cynical about other people, find Find somebody, find two or three people that you can give permission to speak truth into your life that you feel safe with, that you can tell things of, and they won't, they either won't judge you or, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll be able to counsel you through like really weird times. Really like (laughs) times where there were moral failings is just that would shock people. Mm. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that that's probably the way to go for, for where we are right now. Uh, maybe that wasn't the, the case in, in the, in the boomer era where it's just like, Oh, Harry, let me give you, let me, well, maybe it could have been the same thing. It's just like whoever your mentor is or whoever you're, you're, you know, you're discipling with, but like, Hey, let me give you 10 Bible verses on that so you can digest that. And take it to the Lord, right? Whereas now, we're Gen Z. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Canadian. I'm gonna say Gen, Gen Z. Um, that is more. Let me just hear you out. You know, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you the answers because I don't got it. But I can do the good, the thing that that the uh, friends of Job did right. I can sit and I can listen and I can empathize and I can walk with you. I can carry, help you carry this, this, I can help you emotionally carry this burden that you know that somebody that's there that understands. And when you're having a bad day because of it, you don't have to go through an entire episode, like the, 
the synopsis of the episodes that you've been having because you, the person that you're telling to already knows it. And maybe at, at some point, all you got to do is just shoot them a look and they know you're having a bad day because of it. Mm. I think another reason that people might be hindered with being open with their spiritual lives is that they don't want to make that effort. They just view church as, you know, some like a checklist, right? A checklist <laughs> of what to do. It was like, oh, we're just going to church. We're just going to go on Sabbath, Saturday or Sunday. And then after church, let's eat potluck, mm, yummy food. And then we leave church and take a nap um, or watch a football game or, uh, and that's it for the whole week. Um, that's the process. Yeah. That's, that's the process. That's the yeah, thing that we do. It's, it's a checklist. And then telling other people, being a part of the community that challenges you, because, you know, that that's the statement. It's like friends should challenge each other to grow. That's, like, you know, one of the main questioner questions that they had, you know, they disagreed or agreed to, agreed with, um, where, you know, it's they want to be closed off because they just want to go through the motions and not really improve or grow in their spiritual lives. And I do see this, right? I, um, and some of the people I, uh, kind of, I've tried to mentor is that, uh, the moment that you want to say something or like the moment that you message them, it's like, Hey, this is, you know, like, are you sure? Um, you should uh, do this or do that. Or um, I've seen this thing in you where, you know, I'm not very encouraged in your, you know, your trajectory because you did ask me to be a mentor. <laughs> you did agree to, <laughs> you did agree to be in this mentor mentee relationship with me. So when, when I tell you this, like this is coming from, you know, even in like a, uh, a spirit of love and you know me like if 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 i message you it's not in the spirit of judgmental you know and me messaging you is you know i've gathered so much courage to tell you this because i'm <laughs> i'm uh, non-confrontational <laughs> and so um you know like the fact that i'm telling you means that they're you know, I'm really concerned. And then like, you know, I, I see that some people, you know, in, instead of taking that, they kind of, um, I guess shy away or like they just, you know, go in, go into another direction. It's like, yeah. they kind of like, yeah, they just melt into something that, you know, like, so that that makes me think do you did you really want this um or did you were you just saying that um and so yeah it's just some people and it it is very tempting to view church as just a checklist or just an activity once a week when you know it's you know faith is an everyday thing and that's why you know we encourage a community that you know, that's there for each other 24 seven, because it's not just in an event. It's, you know, it's a relationship with God and with people. That's what, 
you know, real faith is like real, the real journey is with God and with people. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like the, the people that, you know, those that, that, um, don't readily accept sort of the counsel that you get from somebody you've given permission to, uh, that there's an element of, of not only pride, but shame. Right. That hey, I, I, I can, I'm going to handle this the way that I'm handling it because I don't want to, I don't want to be told, they'll never even say it to themselves. I don't want to be told that I'm wrong. Right. I don't want to be told that I didn't get it right. Um, mm. because, you know, maybe, maybe that's the thing that they're struggling with is that people keep constantly telling them or have told them as they've grown up, as they've, you know, matured that. They're not good enough. You know, the things that you do, it's fine, but it's just not enough. The things that you're doing, it's fine. It's not great. It's not good enough. Right? Or you're wrong. You did this wrong. Go fix it. Um, and so I can imagine that there's a percentage of us that when we hear constructive criticism, when we, when we get counsel, when we get you know, uh, exhortation that we don't want to deal with it because we don't want to be told that we got it wrong. And not only is there, like I said, there's a sense of pride in that, but also shame, um, that we didn't get it right. And we don't want to keep hearing that we're failures and keep hearing that because that's, <laughs> that's kind of the Christian life. Right. That we're constantly up against being measured up against a perfect law and coming up woefully short almost on a daily basis, if not a daily basis. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for some people to take it. It's hard for all of us to take it. We have all have our moments. Right. We all have our seasons where it's just like, I can't take this. I can't keep telling. I can't keep taking. This idea that I'm always failing, that I'm always screwing up, that I'm always, you know, uh, getting wrong. And I'm always having, ha having to ask for forgiveness. And I'm always having to have somebody tell me, Hey, you know, this is, this is the way you should have done it. This is the way you should have gone. <sighs> mm -hmm. And, uh, it's by, but no I guess strength, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's also part of the reason that some of them, you know, are some people are tend to be closed off. It's because they're, you know, they're past where people say, this is what you should do, or this is what you should have yeah. done without any sensitivity or without any, <laughs> you know, <laughs> any thought be behind what, what they're saying. Is this, yeah, we they're, call that poor bedside manner. <laughs> like they're just, here it is. This is the truth right between the eyes, you know, and this is just, yeah, it's just, you know, I, like, yeah. Um, that's also part of it too, but, um, that shouldn't stop us because being open, at least like, if you're not open to the church, like you're to everyone in the church, at least like that small group of people where you, yeah. who you can confide in like a small group, again, small group. <laughs> <laughs> can't stress this enough small group but again like a, at least the small group of people 
where you who you can share your struggles with and who you can share your journey with it's like hey can you pray for me like i'm going through this and and that goes a long way and um we don't need to tell everyone our business um you know i'm not saying like you need to go up there and in the middle of you know service and announce to everyone that you're struggling with lust uh but you know but also that there's a time and place for that maybe you know if we are led by the spirit sure i encourage that um and that's you know the 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 brave thing to do uh but you know if not everyone is at that point not everyone is that open so at least find two three four you know a group of people that can you know that can carry your burden with them and share it what you're going through with them for sure for sure and if you are the one that is hearing somebody else out refrain from the need to feel <laughs> like you have the answer <laughs> to give them an answer just listen Guys, can I speak? Can I speak to the guys for a second? Okay. Speak now, preacher. Can I speak to the guys for a second? Because we do this, we do, we do this not only to our mentees, right? But it often bleeds over to our wives. Not everybody, but this tends to happen that if they're telling us a problem, we have to automatically come up with the answer. Right? We ought to automatically have come up, we have to come up with a solution. Please refrain the 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 pressure to come up with the answer and definitely don't mansplain it to us. Exactly. Right, because maybe we maybe we just don't want to hear it that way. Just be like Joe's friends. The one thing that they did right was just sit and listen and cry. And be maybe in other words, just empathize. Where they Just, started I, going yeah. wrong was when they, they started, started telling us, <laughs> telling, well, telling analyzing Job. what happened <laughs> and how he needs to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so often there are now pray for those times when you have and would you have the answer? Pray for, pray for the 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 guidance of when to appropriately bring it up. Yeah. Okay. But I get it. You want to leave somebody's pain. You want to alleviate somebody's anxiety and angst and stuff. Maybe it's because you don't want to hear it and you're uncomfortable around pain and suffering. And you just want to talk about the basketball game. Right. Maybe that you just want it. It just, and I get it. I get it. Mm. I get it. But that's the struggle. That's what, what the Bible tells us about in, in, in terms of carrying one another's burden. It's not always going to be light. And it's not always going to be a quick mm. fix. Mm. And so, listen. No, seriously, that's it. Just listen. <laughs> listen. 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 You need to listen. Just, listen. You just need to listen. <laughs> listen and empathize just i think the biggest thing for somebody that's going through struggle is that they just they need to know that they're that somebody understands and that they're not alone mm. 
it's oftentimes they're they're telling you that they're struggling with something. They're telling you they they have a a, a problem that they don't have the answer to, right? Because there isn't an answer. <laughs> yeah. Right. The answer is that they are they're waiting on God. And and that's it. They're waiting for God to show up. Right? And sometimes all you can do is just wait with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. The the ministry of presence. That's that's what it is. Like yeah. you don't need to answer, you don't need to give advice. It's just I'm here for you. Like I'll, I'll, you know, when you're ready to talk, talk. And, you know, if you need, you know, if you want to ask me a question, ask me a question. Um, but if you don't want that, if you just want me to sit here with you and be a shoulder to cry on, I, I can do that too. Um, yeah, I think, I think there has to be, when you start off with that kind of, when you take that 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 angle of that relationship, have some sort of have some sort of code to say, okay, code number one is I just need you to listen. Code number two is uh, let's brainstorm uh, a solution. Code number three is I just need money. Give it to me. I don't know something <laughs> like that. Cash. Give me the cash. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Don't no. Don't give anybody cash. It's not gonna. But some kind of code just to like, so, you know, some short, something, some sort of shorthand notification system or, mm. or yeah, some systems to, to let them know. Okay. Tier this is two, what they want you to three. do. Cause, Cause maybe they are telling you, um, maybe they are telling you a, a conundrum that, that they need an answer to. Um, and they think that you have an idea for it and that's entirely possible. So if you're just sitting and so and you're, just sitting, just, you're sitting there yeah. and just like, man, that's tough. That's, that's tough, really tough. Man. I'll pray for it, man, that you'll get an answer. <laughs> no, I'm telling you because I want an answer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe communication, yeah, right? Maybe just beforehand. Beforehand. Cause like if they have to tell you in their, in their, in their struggle, in their angst, in their, in their depression that they need an answer, maybe, you know, at that point it will be too late. And they'd want to just go somewhere else. So to try to have a system beforehand. And hey, quick power tip. Some of us can handle 10 people to mentor. 20, right? Those are far, yeah, few and far between. 20. Those of us that can do it, right? Yeah, but they expect us to be like three. Oh, 300, 500 <laughs> of us, right? So yeah, so but, hey, please, if you're a church leader, don't put that on your pastor that... Yes. Okay. There's a notion that, you know, they're a shepherd of 500. Okay. But he shouldn't be like the emotional guardian of all 500. Right. Help him carry that load. That's because what elders the truth are is, for. Cause the truth is most of us can't, most of us can't handle, uh, past three. Exactly. Right. If you're going past three, you're probably, you're probably not going to be able to handle it well. You might even only be able to handle only one, depending on who, who, who it is that you're connected with. No, maybe their, maybe their burden is just so heavy. You can only have one. Mm. And that's okay. 
what if what if Jesus set this example and this model where he knew we wouldn't be able to handle more than three and Peter, James, and John are not his favorite. It's just that he saw that they would be the most instrumental uh, to the church, and that's why he mm. he's he they were the you know the close circle because he mentored them because he couldn't handle you know like the close personal relationship with the rest, and he left that to the three, um, and then the twelve. And then the 72. And then it goes on from there. Yeah, there's so, levels. There's levels. Pyramid scheme, baby. <laughs> <laughs> MLMs, baby. <laughs> um, all right. So. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. The, let me also say something else. Okay. Number one. Um, Number one, um, yes, Jesus had 10 to 12, but remember, you know, he also lost one. Okay. So don't, which brings me to my second point is that, you know, and I struggled with this a lot is that try not to feel like you're wholly responsible for their life. Um, and if they fail, it's a, it's a reflection on you. If they no. fall, it's a reflection on you, right? Uh, I've got to get out of that notion. You've got to get out of that notion, right? We've got to get that out of our heads, right? Um, yeah. Because in the end of it, you know, as much as we kind of like, ah, the private stuff, there is that passage that tells us you have to work out your own salvation for yourself, <laughs> right? And so you sort of like trying to bring them along. It's fine, but don't get to the point where you're starting to take over the Holy Spirit's role. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So what are some of the dangers of keeping everything private? I think... Um isolating ourselves you know there's that i don't know if it's proverbs or psalm where david goes i contained everything or like i um i contained everything within me and my bones withered or something i don't know I, I just remember that being in the Bible. Uh, it's just I'm like sure it's there somewhere. you're you're isolating yourself, and that's not a that's not a good way of living the Christian life. And that's not what we're called to. Like going back to the sheep, the sheep um, imagery. Like we are called to be sheep, or we are called as sheep, and partly because it's better for us to belong to a tribe. Or like to flock uh, rather than be alone with ourselves and ourselves. Sure. Even Jesus had community. Jesus had Mary, Martha, Lazarus, who he ate with uh, whenever he went to Bethany. Um, he had Peter, James, and John and the rest of the disciples. Um, he made himself 
to be in a community, even though, you know, he was the son of God and he was this all powerful deity, but he was also human. And he knew that what's good for him is to be with people. Yes, he was also he also had the time where he's, you know, private in the garden, uh, praying to God, you know, over like in the hours of the night. But uh, he was also with people. Um, so we can't isolate ourselves because that's not what we're made for. Uh, you see it in Adam. He was although he was longing for uh, a wife or a partner. Um, it's just that, you know, the statement of it's not good for a man to be alone that also transfers to, you know, friendship and, um, relationships within the church and in other communities. And so, uh, being in a discipleship community is important and removing ourselves from that. It's just, there's a real danger of, um, stagnating our faith. Uh, because no one is challenging us and we're not accountable to anyone if that's the case. And without accountability, we do whatever we want. And if, you know, our our, our sinful hearts can't be trusted uh, to be alone because what we want to do is not what we should do most of the times. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, there's still an enemy out there. You isolate, you're easy picking. Right. The, the whole idea of the sheep, going back to the sheep analogy, if a wolf comes after a sheep, they, you know, a sheep herd, they isolate one to go after. Right. Cause even though the sheep can't go back, it's harder to like sort of like get something if you're, if there's like a lot of them around. But the whole idea is that they will, they will run and they'll pick out some, some, some sheep or some animal that has gone astray from the rest of the pack and isolate them and come get you. Right? And so there's that aspect of that as well, that if you are isolated, um, you're vulnerable. You're more vulnerable, I should say, um, to being picked off by the enemy. So strength in numbers, man. Strength in numbers. You know, the lessons that we can learn in Lion King, you know, <laughs> Lion, you know, Lion is uh, the king of the jungles, the most powerful animal out there. But what? Mufasa was killed by a herd of, what were they? There were buffaloes. Wildebeest. There wildebeest. were wildebeest. Movie. He, he, uh, stood no chance and he was scared for Simba's life because you know a herd of them is more powerful than any one be one creature or one animal yeah. no matter how powerful yeah. that animal is so and hey it may not be here's the funny thing going back to the Lion King sort of thing it may not even be part of your tribe go find yourself a Timon and Pumbaa <laughs> right go uh, find yeah. yourself a Timon and Pumbaa Right. So. Yeah. Doesn't, Doesn't matter how small the, yourself, gr- the crew, man. It's just <laughs> that you're walking with someone, carrying each yeah. other's burdens. So, yeah. Um, so, how can we foster a more open spirit, I guess, in our churches? Um, it's tough because you need more than one person to take that step, and they have to be leaders. 
right? Somebody that that's influential that says it's okay. It's okay to, to, you know, to, to be out there, to be vulnerable in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, I still, I still think it's, it's the way to go is to, to have people, you know, a few, a handful of people that you sort of trust and that you be around and that out of that handful of people, you pick two or three people that you, that can speak into your life, come up with a system of telling them, okay, here, I want an answer here. I don't want an answer. I just need you to listen in here. I just need money from you. Right. And so oh, no, I'm joking. Don't do the money thing. Don't do the don't money do thing. That. I'm joking. Don't um, Venmo. But yeah, just do that. Um, because there, you know, may, as I was saying, maybe it's the cynic, cynic in me. You know, there are some people that just aren't ready for that. Um, for somebody's vulnerabilities. And in order for them to maybe, maybe they might find themselves in a situation where in order to make themselves feel better about their own life and their own situation, they've got to bring somebody else down. Right. True. Yeah. Uh, and that just won't do any good for the church for anybody in the church. So in that case, that, that person should be talked to. That person needs discipleship. <laughs> that person need that person needs a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody to show them a way. Yeah. And I, I think you made a great point. And like a lot of a lot of things in the church start with leadership. If a leader if the leadership models these things, I think like the, the church membership will follow. Um, so even though you're an elder, like, especially because you're an elder, because you're a pastor, like just, yeah, like just have an openness about you and encourage openness within your people. Um, and like discourage, you know, the sense of secrecy and gossip and yeah, just talk about it. Talk about your struggles. Um, yeah. And it starts with leadership. It does, and 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 when we say leadership, and as you're you're right, Mark, in that you know when we say leadership, uh, we often think of elders and pastors and stuff, but we also talk about influential people in the church that aren't necessarily, you know, um, elders and pastors, but you might find the most sort of momentum. The rich. <laughs> Just joking. Wow, was not gonna go there, but. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, it's just that uh, might be the no. You're right. That might be the case. But what I'm saying is that those that have social credibility, social credibility, those that have social sort of social capital within the church, and it may be those are the <laughs> ones that have the the, the financial resources. You know, uh, foster that. Like I said. Um, I think it's it's a hard ask for maybe for some some leaders and past, especially pastors because uh, as we've gone through some of our podcasts, you know, they, eh, because they're held to a different standard and stuff, they they have a, a they have more liability attached to them, and there's like I don't know, there's like it, it, they're 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 seen in a different light. Yeah, uh, and it shouldn't be that way. And that's biblical. And it, it is, it, but I'm saying it's just, I, I think it doesn't have to be that way, but that's the way it is now. 
Yeah. I don't think, I mean, they're people too. We're people too. Yeah. Right. And we struggle and we have our faults and we have our whatever. And, but it seems that, you know, they get punished more, be, you know, at a stronger level because they are in a different bracket. Right. Because they're held mm, to a different I see what standard. You, I see what you're saying. Um, right. And I so I think that responsibility, I, I think that responsibility and that judgment comes from God himself and shouldn't come from people. What you're saying yeah, is that I, I think what you're saying is that that judgment tend to come from people like, yes, they're held to a different, they're held to a different standard, but that's up to them and God. Yeah. And like well, I, other, yeah. I guess like other leaders um, that they're accountable to like Paul, Paul does, you know, keep Peter accountable. Yeah. And Paul does keep leader other leaders accountable, but at the same time, um, you know, well, Paul did struggle too, and had his struggles. Peter has struggles too, um, but they weren't judged by the people; they were judged by, you know, they're they're yeah. judged by God. So they're yeah, held to a different standard by God, but at the same time, like they're people too. Yeah, they are people too. And and the reality is they are put in a position of power where as, you know, like we've we've gone through a couple of ep- episodes in our podcast, they were they misused that power. They abused that power. And that's a thing. Right? That's a real thing. And that that should be whatever. At the same time, at the same time, uh I wish it wasn't like that, that they're held to such that kind of, that kind of, like, it's almost like we're placing people in a position where, yes, they can use it to, to be, to do uh, good more efficiently because, you know, they have their, they have this, the resources and the skills to do so. But because we're human, we're also setting us, ourselves up to fail. Because at some point, they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Right? And some falls are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, praise God that, that, that God protects, um, protects them, protects us, um, so that the majority of us doesn't fall that far, but it does happen. Yeah. Right. And the damage is extensive. And so, you know, I wish it was, I wish it was that they could just be part of the, you know, that pastors and elders are just another facet of the church where when they make Uh, a mistake, it's just like everybody else. Right. It's just that their role is a bit different. Like, you know, they're just, they're preachers and stuff. You know, they deliver the word or they, you know, they help with the administration of the church and stuff. And mm. the, the, the damage to, to others in terms of like emotional scarring and, and physical like hurt and all of that can be kept to a minimum because of, because of the role and the power that is given to them isn't as significant. But oftentimes we give it to them. Oftentimes those leaders are given, are given it to them. Because we think that those people can carry us to a specific place. 
I don't know if that's, if that's really worked out in the end. Yeah, you can, you can have a charismatic pastor that grows the church up to like thousand. And if you're, you know, in the case of South Korea, millions. Millions. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. It's probably <laughs> it's small, small group. group. Yeah. It's small group. But anyways, small group. right. But at some point, those people will fail, fail and they have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only because they're human, but because the, the, the standard that they're held on tends to make them more isolated. Right. Yeah. Because they're held in such a standard, it's almost like they can't tell people their problems because they're not, they're, they're not supposed to be like that. They're not expected to be like that. They're expected to be some sort of saint that inspires other people to go that way, which is fine in all in this, in, in, in its initial thought. But the fact of the matter is, is that the human condition is bent against us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if I, I guess what I'm ranting towards is that <laughs> we need to have a fundamental change home. in Bring the idea home. of how we, how we, how we do, how we organize our church, who gets what power, right? Um, and what roles are given because people will fail, right? So save, you know, protect them, safeguard them, safeguard us, safeguard yourself from any kind of hurt from somebody that you've given more power to than maybe we can get away with not doing it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. I'm just ranting at this point because <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. Uh, I'm sorry, man. We kept <laughs> this going. Just, no, no, no. Um, I'm just I'm joking. Kind of. I'm kind of joking, kind of not. But <laughs> you get the idea. What I'm yeah. saying is still, you know, it's still there, right? Uh, I am being open and transparent <laughs> with you. Right? I wish yeah. it was a different way that we could do things because, you know, in the end, we all get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever, yeah. what, the, as they say, the bigger it is, the harder they fall. Yep. Yep. I think, like, the biggest, not the biggest, like, one of the ways that we can also uh, encourage openness in the church is preaching grace and practicing it. Um you know, some people are scared of grace because, yes, it can. I do understand where they're coming from in terms of too much grace can lead to, you know, licentiousness or like people can think that, you know, I can do whatever I want because, you know, God's grace. No, like preach God's grace, uh, you know, God's unadulterated grace, like the way that it's supposed to be, because in Romans it said God's grace it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Um, and it's so also uh, practicing grace towards each other um, will remove any kind of just trying to be secretive. Because if, if grace is experienced from, you know, from personal relationships and, you know, friendship and, you know, from member to another member then 
someone will be encouraged to say, hey, like no one's going to judge me in this church because I know that in the past they've given me grace and they've encouraged me instead of giving me a judgmental attitude or a judgmental tone. And so having grace with one another and forbearing with one another is a good way to, you know, encourage people to be more open in church. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and I guess that brings us to the end. Um, yeah, it's just, we encourage everyone to just be open of we where you're at. Like, and I know this statement has been said a lot and sometimes it might not make sense, but, and sometimes, you know, yeah, it's been overused, but I'm going to say it anyways, like it's okay not to be okay. Um, just don't stay there because there's a community behind you to help you out uh, so that you, to make sure that you don't stay not being okay. And there will be times in your life where you will not be okay. And, but know that everyone goes through it and know that everyone has gone through the things that you've gone through, or at least felt the pain that you felt. And everyone goes through pain. Everyone goes through the lows. Everyone goes through the highs. And so like, yeah, we're all, you know, um, high school musical says we're all in this together. All in this man. together. Oh, man. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so we're all in this together. Like no one's more perfect than, you know, than one another, um, over the other. Um, no one is perfect, but Jesus, uh, we all need grace. We all need God's love. And we all need each other to encourage each other towards um, Christ-likeness and um, godly values. And so, yeah, we just encourage you to find two, three, you know, like a small group of people uh, to share your journey with um, and people you can be open with, with people you can be, you can feel safe with um, to share your struggles and um, don't fall into the temptation of isolating yourself or just going through the motions of church, uh, being closed off to everyone and not saying, not being honest of where you are. Yeah. Lay that burden on Jesus and also lay that burden on someone who can help you carry it too. Um, you know, there's people who are going through the same things as you and there's, there are people who have gone through uh, the same things that you are going through right now. So uh, don't feel like you're doing it alone or don't e even feel that you can do it all alone um, because you can't and you're not doing it all alone. There there are other people around you. Just pray to God that they he sends you those people or, you know, pe uh, pray to God that he opens your eyes um, to the people that are already around you. So, um yeah that's that's what our you know words of encouragement is for this week and we hope that you are blessed and that you will find those people in your lives so that you'll be encouraged in your daily walk with jesus 
Well, folks, that's all we have for you this week. We hope that you were blessed by our discussion. Let us know what you think. Send us a shout out on our socials at the handle at The Prodigals Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've been hearing, please like and subscribe. Also, leave a rating and review. It'll go a long way in helping us out. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigals Podcast.